the way you look at any transaction is first, am I interested in it? So that's the attraction. The second is the risk factor, which is pretty massive. And the third or the last space is differentiation. So what really happens is when you go to buy a computer, you have to be, say, for instance, attracted or you have to have a problem. So the mm -hmm. first two, two, three bags are, uh, am I the person, which is the target profile? What is the problem that the new computer is solving? And then how does it solve it? So you have the, the target profile, problem and solution. Hello, and welcome to the Brand Tune podcast, hosted by me, Shireen Smith, IP lawyer, marketer, and author of Brand Tuned. The podcast focuses on how to design brands, avoiding commoditization and intersecting them with intellectual property during the creation process. Before the episode begins, I just want to mention the Brandtuned accreditation course, which is all about how to create new brands. The brochure outlining the curriculum is downloadable on the brandtuned.com website. My guest today is Sean D'Souza, a cartoonist turned marketing strategist who has built his business, Psychotactics, from the ground up. True to his podcast's name, the Three Month Vacation Podcast, he's known for taking three months holiday every year. Sean, welcome to the Brand Tune Podcast. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, I loved your brain audit book. You know, its ideas are really invaluable. So I'd like to start by asking you to describe the analogy you draw between bags at an airport and, and the sales process in order to then discuss um, differentiation and positioning. So, so people wonder why uh, the customers back away at the last minute. So you, often you go through a discussion where everything's almost ready to go and then at the very last minute, they go, I have to think about it. Just let me get back to you. And they think, well, maybe you have done something wrong. And usually you've not done something wrong. You've just left out something. And the analogy for this is like this. You get on a flight and you put seven red bags on the flight. And then you get off at the other end and you're waiting for your bags. And the first red bag comes along, you pick it out. And the second one, and then you get an orange bag. And then you get a polka dot bag. And then you get a purple bag. And then this third red bag and the fourth red bag comes along and the fifth red bag. And then you get a whole bunch of black bags that come along. And now you go one, two, three, four, five, six, but you don't have the seventh one. So when do you leave the airport? And that's the problem, you don't. And this is the kind of thing that happens in the brain of the customer is that you haven't removed all of those bags and that's the problem. You, you haven't given them, you're not trying to persuade them. You're not trying to convince them. You're not trying to coerce them. You're not trying to do all that fancy stuff. All you're doing is giving them the right information in the right sequence. And then they go, okay, I can go home now. And that's really what the brain audit is all about. It's about understanding what they are, how they need to roll out and what's in each one of those bags. Okay, so where does differentiation and positioning come in that 
process? It, it strangely comes right at the end. I mean, first of all, the 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 way you look at any transaction is first, am I interested in it? So that's the attraction. The second is the risk factor, which is pretty massive. And the third or the last space is differentiation. So what really happens is when you go to buy a computer, you have to be, say, for instance, attracted or you have to have a problem. So the mm -hmm. first two, two, three bags are, uh, am I the person, which is the target profile? What is the problem that the new computer is solving? And then how does it solve it? So you have the, the target profile problem and solution. That's the attraction factor. So if you don't get there, then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. But the moment we get, oh, we have to buy a computer, all the objections come in. It's like, oh, but we already have a computer. Why do we need this computer? You know, so almost naturally, someone in the house will go, <laughs> didn't you say your computer is just fine? Why are we spending all this? So the objections come in, those have to be sorted out. Mm -hmm. Then we have um, the testimonials, like who else has bought this computer and why is it working for them? Then we have risk reversal. So these are all the risk factors, which is how first, how did you, how do you get the person attracted? How did you remove the risk? But when we finish answering all of these questions, then what we have done is built a case for a new computer. Mm -hmm. So I can buy a computer from anybody, from any company. And that's where differentiation or uniqueness comes in, which is why you? Why should I buy from you when I can buy from anybody else? Mm -hmm. So we've made this wonderful case, but the last bag creates a lot of confusion. Well, not confusion, but definitely lost sales. Um, you can see it at a, a ground level when you go out for a coffee and there are 17 cafes. So people say, oh, I'm the first cafe in London. I'm the first cafe in, in, in Auckland. Sure, but what happens when 16 cafes come right next to you? Mm -hmm. Then the customer is making a decision and they go, the reason I go to this cafe is for the coffee. The reason I go to this cafe is because of the the atmosphere. The reason I go to that cafe is because they always give me a lolly, uh, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So so in their brains, we're all, or in our brain, we're always segregating based on what we see as unique. Mm -hmm. And strangely, what people think is, okay, if, if I'm unique, then people only come to me. No, no, no. Everybody knows that you and I, we don't go to the same cafe all day long or every day, we'll still go to different cafes, but we have that clarity in our mind. Who loses out on this are the cafes that are just existing. So the only reason you go to the other cafe, so if there are 17 cafes and you know, cafe A is for this reason, cafe B is for this reason, cafe C is for this reason, that leaves out 14 cafes. And the only reason you go to the cafes is because these three are not available. Hmm. That's a really bad situation to be in. So people have to be aware that you exist to even consider you is initially, is, don't they? Correct. Um, and, and in some, some categories, that's already in place. So, you know, you don't have to explain to somebody what an Indian restaurant or a Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. is. Um, so you're very quickly, um, th those kind of categories, people already know stuff. 
but let's supposing you bring out a marketing book like we have the brain audit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, in that year, there might have been 10,000 marketing books, maybe 100,000 marketing books. Mm-hmm. So the immediate question, the, it's almost like a, what problem are you solving? Why should I buy your book comes right to the top? Um, what, what problem are you solving for me that other marketing books haven't solved? So you have to, you have to answer that question. Otherwise, people, people, strangely, people are always looking to buy another marketing book. They're always looking to buy, uh, they're always looking for uh, another Spanish course, even though they've failed with the last Spanish course, because they're looking, how does this new Spanish course enable me to speak Spanish better? And if you, if you ever try to learn a language, you, or you've spoken to any people who try to learn another language, they probably have anywhere between two to five or six courses. And you think, why? But that's the problem. The problem is that we're always trying to find a more refined solution to our problem. And so we do that with phones as well. We buy another phone and another phone. But your phone in 2010 or 2000 did pretty much the same thing. It made a call and it texted. So why do you buy a new phone? Because it solves a different problem. So at, at all times, we're whenever someone is selling something to you, they have to communicate what problem they're solving and, and essentially why they're different and how to reduce the risk when they're selling stuff. So what are some common challenges people have around how to differentiate? Um, oh, that's easy. Uh, mm. The easier, the, the biggest mistake that people make every single time is that they talk about their company. So mm. they'll go, yeah, they'll talk about their company and they'll say the reason you should work with our company, first of all, they'll talk about their company and then they'll, they won't give you what should be a uniqueness. They won't say one thing. So let's just break this up into two things for mm-hmm. now, which is ironic considering you're talking about one thing. Uh, so the first thing that people tend to do is they go, uh, my company, and we'll just take a brand, like is Apple, and we are known because we make things seamlessly work with each other. Mm-hmm. When was the last time somebody said, I'm going out to buy Apple? No. We don't go out to buy Apple. We go out to buy a specific iPhone, a specific iPad, a specific something. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to buy a refrigerator or you're going to buy anything, you don't go out to buy Samsung. You don't go out to buy um, Cadbury. You go out to buy a specific product. So when people say, my company is different for this reason, then you've already lost the person because they're not buying a company they're buying a product they're buying a service and so the first thing that everybody has to do is like go oh this is a keyboard so what i don't care if it belongs to a company because i don't look at the company and you just assume that you're like the mars chocolate company where nobody knows you know the mars bar where it comes from nobody knows anything about them that that kind of you're always selling the Mazda. You're you're not selling the company that it comes from. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's the first thing that you have to consider that you cannot sell the company. And almost everybody who tries to uh, talk about uniqueness starts off with, "This is my company, and this is why we are so good." And the moment they do that, 
they've already half lost you. But then after that, they go to the next level and they lose you completely. Whereas they say, um, and you know, like a carpet company, we do um, homes and we do co- uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And you go, what else is there? That's it, right? Homes and businesses. And, and the, the average person will say, oh, we are fast and we are, I don't know, we, we're cheap. Or a, a wetsuit company will say, we're thin, we're warm, and we're, we're long-lasting. And that's why we're unique. And the problem is that we can't, you, you, you test that uniqueness by when you go away for a while and you come back and you say, why, were, why are they unique? And they go, oh, I don't know. I think they were warm. And then the other person says, oh, I think they said long-lasting. And so you get you don't get this one message going out on a consistent basis. If you don't get that one message, then people will pick pick whatever they feel like, or nothing at all. But when you have one message, then what you can do is you can dig deeper into that one message. And mm-hmm. when you dig deeper into that one message, I mean, what we we explain in the course and stuff like that is is that you can you can um, formulate their message in such a way that the person remembers it and remembers it for several years, mm-hmm. not just for a minute. So I'll give you an example. Um, we have lots of things in psychotactics, like we have books and courses and lots of stuff. And people ask, why should I do a psychotactics course? No just remember that they've already subcategorized it. They should be asking, why do you do the article writing course? Or why do you do the storytelling course? Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to bypass that question. I'm going to go, they've already gone from psychotactics, which has X number of things to just courses. And I say, well, most people online, what they tend to do is they'll get you to buy a course and they'll give you a money back guarantee and they won't guarantee skill. Mm. And we don't give you a money back guarantee, but we guarantee the skill. And then you, now I don't have to say that again to you mm-hmm. because the, the message is formulated in such a way that you remember, oh, I didn't join this course for money back. I already had my money before I gave it. I joined it for a different reason. I joined it to learn how to draw cartoons. I learned how to, uh, to learn how to sto- tell stories better, to learn. So I learned it for the skill mm-hmm. and they're guaranteeing that if I don't learn it, they'll give me my money back. But that's not the point. I'm wasting all this time. So once you can narrow it down to a specific thing, that's better. Now that's still a category. If we were to go to say the article writing course, then, so usually what I do is when people say, why should I join the course? I would say, what kind of course would you be interested in? And they go, oh, I don't know. Maybe like article writing. And you're always trying to get to that product mm-hmm. because then I would say, well, most, the, the difference between, between the articles writing that you do with psychotactics is that there are millions of articles on the internet now and millions to come but very few of them have drama. Very few of them have that impact. What we show you is not just how to write articles, 
but to write articles with that drama and impact. So that the first time someone reads it, they go, oh, I want to read another one. That's it. So that's, so, so to just, I don't know if I need to do a summary so, here. So that's or, your differentiating message about mm -hmm. these different courses. That yeah. yeah. You, but uh, it's, you yeah. guarantee so, the skill or. That's, so, so that, what I'm trying to show you here is that gen generically what, where people start is at, if you would take our example, it's psychotactics. They talk about psychotactics and that's pointless because that includes everything. But sometimes they'll say, oh, what's the difference between your course? And yes, you can have a differentiation for that course. But ideally, you have to get down to what course are we talking about? Is it storytelling? Is it cartooning? Is it what is it that we're talking about? That's really where you have to go. Mm -hmm. When you stand up at a networking meeting and you start to talk about something, do not talk about your company. Mm -hmm. Talk about a course. And people go, but I have so many things. But people don't buy so many things. They buy one thing. They buy one product. And time and time again, people make the same mistake. So they, if they wonder why they're not getting that communication through, that's precisely the reason. Because people don't buy a company or a category. So really, it's about also, it's about niching and being known for, for something. So your course is known for, say, delivering skill rather than a money-back guarantee or the other course is known, uh, what was it known for? The well, so, so, so what I'm saying is that even though we've gone from psychotactics to the category, which is courses, to mm -hmm. finally which course, which is article mm -hmm. writing, what I'm suggesting is that you start with article writing, mm -hmm. as in you start with the product that you have. So if you were to take, you know, you'd say Apple and then Apple sells computers and tablets and phones. And you would say, oh, I have to get a uniqueness for the, the category, which is either tablets or phones or whatever. No, no, no. You have to get that one product, whatever that one product that you're selling, that's where you need to start. Because it, there is this tendency to go, let me get the uniqueness for the category. Let me get the uniqueness for the company because I don't know any better. I mean, nobody told me anything, you know, so I'm automatically doing uniqueness for the company, uniqueness for category, but no, uniqueness for the product. What is the product you want to sell? Every one of those books behind you is a product. Mm -hmm. All the books together is a category. The company that makes those books or prints those books or publishes those books, if it were one company, is the company. Sure. But you only ever buy one book at a time. You never buy the company and you never buy the category. And so that's, that's the most crucial lesson of all. That Where do I start? I start with the product, one book. What is that book that I'm selling? Sure. Um, but at some point, the company has to be known for something. So we know Apple, for example, for its good design. Um, whatever has stuck in the mind in our perception of what an Apple product will be is, um, you know, that will, will happen with any business that you're going to have some sort of perception like Volvo that it's safe. I mean, they, they've got lots of different products which maybe do different things, but the company or the business is known for 
for some unique association that they've managed to plant in consumers' minds. That is true yeah. for a big company, mm. but it's not true. So for instance, look at the microphone in front mm. of you. Mm. Have a look. Yeah. I don't think you probably, I'm not sure if you know the name of the microphone, let alone the company. No, I can't remember it offhand, no. <laughs> That's precisely my point. So mm. my point is that, you know, there's a plant behind you. Mm. Why do you buy that? What was the name of the company? We don't buy companies. I mean, Apple and Volvo and stuff, they go into all these books and then we are running as small businesses like that microphone company might have maybe 100 employees. The plant company might have 50 employees. The average small business has one or two employees. Mm. There is no way that we can plaster every single billboard and, and you know get that message across as being safe or, or sexy or whatever it is. Mm. There is no way. There's no... Well, that, that's really interesting because it is very different for small businesses. You know, they don't have the resources of big businesses to advertise and to do research and all the things that you're told to do. But yeah. it's very difficult to translate that into a small business context. Yeah, you're but... told because, because there is no way that an author or a very... Uh, very bleak chance that author will write about, you know, XYZ company and, and people will go, oh, yeah, I know that company. It's much easier to write about Apple and Volvo and McDonald's and whatever that we already know, because now we can relate to it. But we can only relate to it from an, <clears throat> a brand level and mm. intellectual level. In reality, we have nothing in common with Apple. Mm. I mean, there is absolutely nothing that we have that Apple, I mean, they can say, you know, Apple has this, this, this method and this credo. Yeah, but they also have $1 trillion in the bank account and they have these offices and they have these computers. They have, there's nothing in common. Mm -hmm. and, and, and yet the whole point is <coughs> Apple has to do exactly the same thing as you. When they bring out another phone, mm -hmm. they now have to convince you that you've bought 17 phones from them and now you have to buy the 18th phone. So they still have to do the same thing as you. They just have more money, more resources, but they can't escape going, oh, we're Apple, you know, we're, we're, we're really good. Uh, you buy the 18th phone. No, mm. you're not going to buy the 18th phone. It's just that simple. So uniqueness really comes into play and, and then they have to work really hard to get that uniqueness across. And of course, some companies like Photoshop and stuff found that they couldn't justify uniqueness every year. So they just put you on a forever plan, which is you just buy a subscription that we don't have to tell you every time what this uniqueness is. It just updates and just updates and just updates. Mm -hmm. So there are ways around it, but you and I probably, we're not going to get away with that. Hmm. So how, how would you position a product if, if say, you've got a service or a product or a yeah. course that you sell. How do you decide what, what single idea to communicate about it so that it can stick in the mind? Yeah, that's a great question because everybody asks, um, you know, they, they go like, we do so many things well. What do we uh, talk about? So I, I've got a list, for instance, um, we have a membership site at 5000 BC, and I just asked them to write a little thing. Why, 
I'm trying to write articles. So the first line is I'm trying to write articles. And the second is the specific problem that I'm having. So here, I'll just read it for you. So mm -hmm. it's like, I'm trying to write articles. However, how do I know that people want to read them? I'm trying to write articles, but I don't trust myself in keeping uh, in, to keep on writing articles for my audience. Uh, I'm trying to write articles, but I don't feel that people read. I'm trying to write articles, but I'm trying to do it in 20 minutes. I'm trying to write articles, but what if people laugh at me? I'm trying, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, and you say, which one will I pick? And the answer is anyone. And you say, that anyone, any one of them, because what matters not the, it doesn't matter which one you pick, it matters how you describe it. Mm -hmm. So when I change, when I move the conversation across and I go, when I, I'm trying to write articles and I just read it, um, somebody says, no, but no matter what I do, it's the same 30 to 40 people reading it. Well, what, what we're going to do with uniqueness is you, you're always trying to get what the competition does, what I do, and why it's important. You have to answer these three questions. And this is why you have to have that sort of paragraph in your brain, but also on paper, which is what, what does the competition do? Well, the competition for the article writing course, the, you will find that you can always write an article. Mm -hmm. And you can write an article. I mean, there, there, the, the competition teaches you how to write articles that you can put on the internet, right? But the, what we do is we show you how to write drama so that when the reader comes to your article the first time, they are so entranced that they want to read more. And how do we do it? What we do is, or we, how do we do it? We do it through a system that lasts 60 days or something so mm -hmm. so is that so you you then you're going what do they do what do we do and then why is it important mm -hmm. and that's what sticks in the head it's not what we would think that there needs to be something like oh the Taj Mahal it needs to be something unique it needs to be you know but no the client the client is using the uniqueness as an excuse to go to that place. It's not like they haven't done an article writing course before, or they won't do an article writing course in the future, but they're looking at how can I justify this to somebody else? How can I justify this to myself? And what you're doing is giving them that paragraph that gives them the justification to buy it to use it, to do whatever it is. Because all leadership courses are the same, except for the fact that maybe there is some slight difference here or there. In reality, all cafes are the same. But there is a very small thing that people have said, okay, what we're gonna do is when you enter this cafe, you'll feel like you're in Copacabana. Mm -hmm. is, is that, was that unique? Yeah, it's, it's unique, but how did they come up? just at the top of the heads. <clears throat> so the way I get people to do it is to make a list of all their benefits and features, all of them, and then pick one of them and then describe it. Why should I do it because of that? And people go, that sounds really odd, mm -hmm. but it works. I mean, why, why, why do you care that it sounds odd?
it you show it to you go to a, a client and you say and they go you know what are you selling and you go this and they go oh and you say this is the reason why you should why it's different you go that sounds really interesting or whatever and and they're ready to engage with you further that's how you know it works not otherwise well i have a course um, on branding which the difference is that you use intellectual properties strategically for example yeah. so i i can communicate that but if if this is the only course i ever want to sell um is that all there is to it i mean aren't, aren't people going to be wondering well, why should i buy this course yeah so the, the 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 point is that we have to still go through those steps which is what does the competition do mm -hmm. what do we do well they don't why... do that they don't touch exactly that. yeah so you, they are still doing something mm. they're still teaching you branding that does xyz yeah right you're teaching our course teaches branding that does x abc it does xyz but also uses ip see it does it shows you how to create a brand but it yeah. brings ip into it which is often missing in other courses because exactly yeah. yeah so so then you just reverse what you're saying you go other people show you how, so you're almost agreeing with them you go every course teaches you how to do branding but doesn't consider ip mm -hmm. what we do is we have a course that does this and brings in ip and here's why IP is important. Mm -hmm. And now the person goes, IP? I want IP. I don't know what IP is, but I want to, they do, but yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so what you've done is you've created something where before that, the client doesn't know why they should not buy from the other person because the other person is more famous. They do this, they do that, whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. There is cheaper, there's more expensive. People buy courses because they're more expensive, not because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, but when you specifically tell them, I don't know the product I'm buying. I, I don't know. Even once you buy something, you have no idea what you've bought. Mm -hmm. in, in almost every case, even if it's a, like a coffee grinder, you buy the coffee grinder, you look at all the specs, it's just too much information. So it's your job to just consolidate that into one paragraph. Of, or rather three lines mm -hmm. and get that message across. And then they tell, oh, they, they'll tell their friends or their colleagues or whoever, whatever the product is. You know, if it's a coffee grinder, then you'll go, oh, you should buy this coffee grinder because of this reason. And that's how you know you've done their job, your job. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. So how do you differentiate? Um, how, how do you actually guarantee something like skill? Uh, <laughs> yeah, how do I guarantee something like skill? Because we have benchmarks. So we say uh, at the end of this course, you will be able to write a first line in X amount of time. You will be able to, uh, so, so you have three, you could have one benchmark, but let's say we have three benchmarks. So the, the main problems that people have with, for instance, the course I'm doing right now, storytelling, is they, they have, let's, let's stay with one. Let's say everybody thinks that their story is bloated. So I could make that into a uniqueness. I could say, most of the time we can tell stories, but we tell stories as if we've just come back from the bar 
or we tell stories like we tell them at the bar. They ramble on endlessly. Sound perfectly good in the bar, but mm -hmm. so the competition here is the bar story, not even a person. How do you tell a story that's not bloated, that's, mm. that's precise? And how we do it, we, I mean, we'll show you how to write unbloated stories. Now, when you set benchmarks, some of the benchmarks might have numbers. Um, for instance, when we have the headline writing course, we say you can write, uh, I, I think it's about eight headlines, eight different types of headlines that are all curious and do so in 10 minutes. So now if everybody in the course, and sometimes there are, you know, we take about 16 to 20 people, everybody has to be able to do eight headlines in 10 minutes. That's the benchmark. So that's the result. So one of the things that you're always trying for is to, <clears throat> people don't want information anymore. I mean, they ask for information, but they want, what they want is a result. Mm -hmm. And if you define the result in advance and you go, at the end of the course, you will be able to do X, Y, Z. It's like a train journey. It's, <clears throat> I'm going from here to there. What time does the train reach? Mm -hmm. And when, I, when it reaches there, so there's a benchmark because if the train is supposed to, it's like a Japanese train. Mm -hmm. It's 11.10 and the train arrives at 11.10, not like trains that arrive whenever they feel like it. So there's a precise benchmark. If you define the benchmark, and that's really what, how we define results. We tell them when you get to the other side, this is what you will be able to do. Either one thing or one, two, and three things. And then everybody else will be able to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they can measure it. And that's it. Good. So if a small business is aspiring to be the next big household name brand, would you still suggest that they don't need to worry about positioning and differentiation of the company at the company level? I would strongly discourage them to become a next brand. You can be perfectly happy without becoming <laughs> the next big brand. I would really discourage them. You just get famous and richer than you need to be. Um, you can just get rich enough and be very comfortable. Mm. Some people have bigger ambitions than that. So, yeah. Um, but even today, um, so the days of company positioning are gone and they will never return. Um, mm -hmm. You will not, you can, you can tell, uh, you can talk about Volvo and you can talk about Apple and you can, this is the reason why we never get any new uniqueness stories or, or, or slogans. We, we don't know what TikTok is about. Like what's the uniqueness of TikTok? I have no idea. But they do have a uniqueness. It's like in 30 seconds, you have to. Mm -hmm. um, what is Facebook about? So after a while, um, what's what's happened is all of these have been enshrined in books and you know by Trout and Rees and stuff, and that's it. The, that age has effectively gone because when branding started, as you probably know, people didn't know about stuff. So branding started for that reason, which is for you to even know the company, hence the company had to have an image. But now people aren't buying the company. I mean, they buy it at a, at a subconscious level, but they're buying the product. And with Amazon, that's become even more crazy because you go on Amazon and you buy a product. You don't go, mm -hmm. you look at the, the, the testimonials, you go on Airbnb, you don't know who the company is. You just look at the testimonials, you look at the location, you look at all of the those, those red bags, 
what problems is it solving, what are the testimonials, what risk is involved, mm -hmm. and that's how you buy it. So, but something I mean, has to trigger that people have to be able to recognize you. So if they've come across oh, yeah. you before and yeah. they then come across you again, they've got to know that it's you. So yeah. you, you need an image in terms of you need a name, like you've got psychotactics, and then there's your personal brand, so people know you. Those are the so, ways they're going to recognize yeah. you. They, they will. I mean, you have to do all that stuff, but becoming a big company means that eventually you'll have to hire Shiat Day as a as a advertising company, and they'll put your brand on on whatever. TV. A big a big company is a completely different ball game. Yeah, they are. Um, played pretty much like a small company, but with, with a lot more money and resources. Mm. Um, even so, it is very hard today to have a, a mid-sized company, and we're talking about tens of millions of dollars, mm. and for for anybody to know, you know where we buy our bread from or where we buy our, our peas from. Or mm. Even if we understand the brand and we understand the colors and we understand all that, we still don't know what is unique about the company. We only yeah. know what is unique about the product. Yeah. So it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fine if you can get it across, but it's just a huge waste of time mm. uh, because people are still buying the product. Great. Well, why do you think failure rate is so high among businesses? As a last question before we say in in, in small businesses, failure yeah, rate. Lots of them. Oh, are. Why do you failure rate? Failure rate is the same in dating. It's not any different. Uh, people don't follow up. Uh -huh. <laughs> they just they they ghost their customers. Uh, they they don't show up. They don't show up often enough. Uh, I've got a, a cafe here who started doing a newsletter. Uh, she did it consistently for well over a year, started getting very good and very consistent with newsletters. Now it's dropped off. And the moment you drop off from people's radar, well, somebody, somebody else is taking that place. Mm. Um, there are lots of reasons why a company can fail. But to me, even if you're pretty hopeless, if you keep showing up at someone's door and saying, Oh, do you have any work? Oh, do you have any work? Oh, do you have any work? Eventually they go, oh, that person, poor person, just give them some work. Even if you're hopeless and if you're good at it, then you still have to show up. I mean, you know, Apple, YouTube, all of these companies are still sending you email with all of their money and with all of the resources, they're still mm -hmm. following up. And so... Yeah, they have sales teams, which is probably the one thing that people need to really focus on is the sales process getting I mean whatever it is what it's if you don't follow up in a in a date you're dead you mm -hmm. know if you don't follow up in your marriage on a regular basis that falls apart follow up being there showing up people people want you to be there like the six o'clock news mm -hmm. they may not watch it they may go away but when they turn it on you have to be there that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you very much indeed, Sean. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you're interested,
interested in creating better brands, be sure to subscribe to the Brandtune newsletter and get weekly updates, including notifications when new episodes drop.